0: I claim on earth what's coming from heaven to be here any day. Oh, I can taste His promise that is coming Hello, friends, and welcome to the Growing in God's Word podcast with Dr. Jim and Joy McInnes. Our purpose is to bring to you encouraging teachings that will help you grow in your understanding of the Word of God. yes. That what we hope is going to happen today, that we understand and grow in the Word of God. I want to share a section uh, of uh, verses that meant so much to me as I began my ministry. I was only 18, 19 years old, and uh, we were in the midst of the Jesus movement, and we saw so much happen, and God, I felt the call of God in my life, in my heart, in these verses became real to me and I've shared them everywhere I've gone around the world because I believe these are important verses for us today so Isaiah 6 verse 1 in the year that King Uzziah died I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple Above it stood seraphim, each had six wings, with two he covered his face, and two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal which he had taken with the tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth with it, and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, your iniquity is taken away, your sin purged. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and whom will go for us? And Then I said, Here am I, send me. There's no way we can unpack this whole thing in this short time we have together today, but I want to jump into it and give you a little bit of it, because I think this is life-changing. We live in a day where we need a fresh revelation we need a fresh revelation of the church what it is we need a fresh revelation of God is and the bible says you know that people without a vision they perish it says in proverbs 29:18 where there's no clear prophetic vision people quickly wander astray but when you follow the revelation of the word heaven's bliss fills your soul And that's what we need today, come back to a true vision of God and what's on his heart. So let's begin unpacking this. He starts, and in the year King Uzziah died, this is about 740 years before Christ was born. And the heart of Isaiah, the prophet, we can imagine was really broken, because Uzziah was not only a king, he was also his friend. And we 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 know that's brought a crisis moment in his life when he sought God, and Isaiah needed to again discover that his source of prosperity in all things was God, because King Uzziah was a good king and he had uh, brought prosperity and and he made some mistakes, but that's not this message today. But what happened is is that he needed a fresh revelation of God. You know, not, not the ideas of the politicians of the world, or even the doctor's divinities. And God met him. And the church needs a new vision. People need a new vision. There's a magazine in America called GQ, and they put a list of classic books that are not worth reading. And in that list of books not worth reading, they put the Bible. Oh, man, they don't understand. That's the book that gives life. And this is the concept of the world. God, we've changed our image of him, and we say he's not really important. But Isaiah was about to have a fantastic vision of who God was. There's three kinds of visions we're going to discover today. He had an upward vision, he had an inward vision, and he had an outward vision. And they have to come in that order. The upward vision, it says, he saw God. I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, high and lifted up. One day we will all see him. One day we will all stand before him. But what a privilege and honor. He saw God. He saw the throne. And when he saw the throne, he saw the seraphim. And when place in the Bible, it really talks about the seraphim. These mean the fiery ones. And they come from the Hebrew root to set on fire, to burn. And burning is a sign of divine holiness in the Old Testament. And we see it by the words they say. They're at the throne room. What do they say in the throne room? holy, holy holy they shout no other attribute of god is so praised and so little talked about angels don't shout love 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 or justice 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 all those are god too but they all are subsets of god's holiness they cry holy we just go to this point who is god if you think of what god's like and declare what he's like well we know he is love he's all powerful he's ever present he knows everything um we know so many things about god it says that he's light and in him there's no darkness at all the bible says he's eternal it says he's good he's gracious he's merciful he's just but what is the main characteristic and that is holiness where it says it in three times here now this is this is only one of the scriptures we call where triplicate comes uh, holy 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 and and it god is emphasizing the bible like i said never says kind 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 or love 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 because he is that it says holy 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 and the hebrew word that's used here for holiness it's root relationship uh with words of healthy and wholeness Uh, there's much more than that we we understand the major thing of this word is yes god is is our description of healthy we can say that not just physical healthy but he's he is that he's wholeness but it also means most important he's separated holiness means separation in one sense, the seraphim are crying, Separated, separated, separated is a Lord Almighty. God, separated? God, why is he separated? Let me tell you. He, he, God is separate from all his creation. He's above it and from everything sinful and everything evil. He's separated. And that's great he is because we know that in him there's no shadow of turning in him john's first john 1 5 it says that god is light in him there is no darkness at all so god in one is we use the word in in english here he's separated but it goes deeper in that but he's separated from all things that are negative all things that are are sinful and in his holiness his holiness there is beauty now, I was brought up to church, a church they called Holiness Methodist, and they defined holiness as following a strict set of rules, like you couldn't wear makeup for girls, or you couldn't wear rings. And we know that's not what he's talking about. That That's just man's ideas. Revelations 15.4 says, Who will not reverence you with awe, O Lord, and bring glory to your name? For you alone are holy. See, He's separated. He's holy above anything that exists in creation. For you alone are holy, and all nations will come and bow and worship before you as your blessings are revealed. Okay, I want to say, if you are burning for God, the first revelation we have is the holiness of God. We see, yes, and within that holiness, we discover He's kind, He's loving, He's wise. And this is so important for us to understand. In Hebrew, if you say the word holy twice, it means most holy. To say the word holy three times intensifies to the highest level. In other words, the holiness of God is indescribable in human language. That's why Isaiah often speaks of the Holy One of Israel, at least 25 times. He uses that exact reference to the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. Okay, let's go on and see what what happened. He sees this unbelievable uh, vision of God in his holiness. And obviously, when he reacts to it, and this is our inward vision, he said, Woe is me, I'm undone. It's kind of like the woman I heard who was up north from Minnesota, where I'm from, and she was hanging out some clothes uh, in the cold winter. My mom would do that sometime, and they get frozen. I tell you, I don't understand why she put it out there, but she did, and we'd bring them in. And she thought they were so clean. She had washed them, and a light snow came, and she, suddenly the whiteness of the snow was in contrast to what she had washed and what she thought was really perfectly clean and white, all of a sudden she discovered it wasn't. And the snow was pure white, but her, her, her the thing that she was hanging was not as white. And that's exactly what Isaiah saw. When he saw God's holiness, even though he was a priest, he was a keeper of the law. We read no negative thing about him. Even though he realized next to God's holiness, it exposed his heart. Isaiah 64, 6 He wrote later, we are all infected with and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. Like autumn leaves, we wither and fall, and our sins sweep us away like the wind. What he's saying is even when we try to do good things, behind it, we may have other motives, different, there's so many different things that, that even our good it's not next to God's holiness is like that snow. His holiness is like that snow, and our righteousness is not. And when he saw that, there was a reaction. Because, you know, even Jeremiah said it. He said, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things. Jeremiah 17:9. for those of you taking notes. The human heart is most deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is. ESV says it's desperately sick. See, God knows your heart, and he knows your heart. He knows that that we need to have some heart surgery. (laughs) And that's what Jesus came, to die on the cross for us. And we'll see here in verse 6, that one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken from the tongs of the altar. Uh, this, I think, is so fantastic that he says, what was me, I'm undone. And notice his problems. He says emphasis on lips. It was his words that he was saying. It was uh, the emphasis on his uh, uh, living around people with ne- negative words, negative words not good things were being said, and he, he uh, you know, we can do that. We can sin with our mouth, and Isaiah, that's the area that God dealt with him here. And what happens is that before he even said, God, forgive me, even before he said, cleanse me, the angel flew and brought a coal from the altar of God and touched his lips, the area of his sin. And I think this is so amazing that God would do this even before we ask. And I want to say this about you that and me. Before I had even sinned one day, God had already had a solution for my sin. It was on my way if I was willing to receive his salvation. Get that. Before I would even sinned one day, before you were ever born, God had already... Provided some heart cleansing heart uh uh renew not renewal but god's giving us a new heart uh it says and that's what Jesus did when he died for us it says ezekiel exactly I will give you a new heart ezekiel thirty six twenty six I will give you a new heart, put a new spirit within you i'll take out this is what i uh, see my heart, your stony, stubborn heart, and give you a tender, responsive heart. I will give you a new heart, a new spirit, and I will, I will put within you. Remove your heart of stone from your flesh and give you a, a heart of flesh. That's what God does. Before we ever even cried out, before we ever even knew that we needed it, He had already provided a way. And when we knew it, When we once confess our sins, when he said, woe is me, the Bible says first John, if we confess our sins, he's faithful just to forgive us. When we come to Jesus and say, God, I've blown it. God, I made a mistake. Lord, I'm wrong. Forgive me. He is already on the way before we, it even leaves our lips because he knows what's in our heart and what we're going to say. So anyway, what happens is, is he, first of all, is upward vision. This is what we need today, a revelation of God and his holiness. We see his love, his kindness, all that also, every one of that. When we see God as he is, it brings about within our heart a repentance. Lord, make me like you, cleanse me. Now, the result of this is the third, an outward vision, the call of God. Notice he did not really hear what was going on in the Godhead until he cried, and said, woe was me. In verse 8, after the angel touched his lips, also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send who will go for us? I love this because many uh, sects especially uh, they don't believe in the Trinity. Look right here. Whom shall I send who will go for us? This we see the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we see what's on their heart. Now he heard the heart of God before he heard people respond, not people, but the angels responding to God. Now we know and hear the heart of God. What's God talk about? What well, we find out here? What's the God he discuss among itself? Well, we know it's many things, but one major thing we find here: Who shall I send? Who will go for us when we first come to Jesus? First we see him, someone shared him, someone shared about him, and and you were drawn to him. And that day you cried unto God, and you said, God, forgive me my sin, come into my heart. And he was already on the way, and he came into your life. Then your, our eyes should have been open to hear the voice of God saying in our heart, "Whom shall I send? I remember when I first came to Jesus, I had to tell somebody. I had to tell somebody. I had to go out and, and and share with my friends and share what Jesus had done. Some received, some did not. And I spent the rest of my life sharing Jesus in 20 different countries and seeing many people come to the Lord. And that gives me great joy in my heart because I know the heart of God is crying out for these people. He's saying, Whom shall I send? Whom shall I send? Jesus said we should pray the Lord of Harvest for harvesters. You may never leave your country, never leave your neighborhood, but you still could be sent into the harvest where you are. First of all, we need to see the world as God sees it. He sees the world as sheep without a shepherd. He sees the world as lost and dying. That was what was on the Trinity's heart. He sees them in need and he's willing to provide the solution. Isaiah's five-word answer gave him purpose beyond himself. He said, and I shouted this one day to God, he said, here am I, send me. Oh man, here am I, send me Lord. You know, God asks us to see people, to see sees, and then respond. It's like God is saying, who will go? When Isaiah says, count me in, I see like a, a student in school raises his hand. Oh, I got the answer. I got the answer. Send me. And that was been my cry in my life. Send me. And he has sent me. And I, I want to do better. I want to do more. And there's things coming in my life right now where, where it's even going to be new areas, new places that God's going to send me. I know. But you know where God could send me? It could be across the street. It doesn't have to be across the world. He sends us to represent him, that we've been touched by God, and we want to touch others. Isaiah's response launched him into a great adventure. What's your answer to God's challenging call? Do you have a heart that says, Lord, use me? Use me. It's been said that Isaiah's calling here, which we've read, is, can be summarized in three words, woe, Lo, go. Woe is me. Uh, woe, lo, go. Lo, woe is me. Lo, my iniquities, iniquity is taken away. Go. Yes, one day we came to God. We says, Oh God, woe is me. I need help. And he says, Yes, I'm there for you. Call upon me and I will answer. And then we discover that our iniquity is taken away. He comes and takes away our rebellion, our sin. And then, then we need people to come and understand and listen to the heart of God. What's God's heart saying? It's saying, who will go for me? Who will go to that neighbor? Who will go to those relatives you have? Who will go maybe to the nations? Who and I want, I pray that you be like me and others I know. And raise your hand, say, Lord, send me. And I know what pleases the heart of God. Because, why? Because he so loves the world that he gave his only son. And he's called upon us to bring that message to the world. Well, my time's up today. But I just wanted to share this really quickly with you. And I want to share with you this and 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 many more messages and things that you can find if you come to our uh, website at growingintheword.com, growing in God's Word, I'm sorry, growingingodsword.com, or on our Facebook page, growingingodsword.com. Now, go there, you get more teaching, and we'll be sharing a lot more with you in the future. I just want to say to you today, God bless you. Be encouraged, because God loves you. In Jesus' name, be blessed. Father, come and fill me up. Let your spirit come. Rain down in my life. Flood me with your love. Blame on earth what's coming from heaven To be here any day Oh, I can taste His promise That is coming my way